to the Coaching Happiness Podcast. My name is Kathy Renyeses, and I'm a life coach, speaker, and founder of Coaching Happiness, a coaching service focused on hard work whose mission is to create a better world one person at a time. podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia, Centro Holistico, Ayumi Japan Eyelash and Nail Art, who are partnered with Dot1101 in Japan, and Kangen Water PH. Revolutionize your health with water. Check out the other podcasts in the network like Geek PD, a podcast of three detectives that investigate, discuss, review, and report everything geek-related to infinity and beyond. To learn more about the shows on the network, you can go to www.podcastnetwork.asia. You're listening to episode 10 of the Coaching Happiness Podcast. So let's get started. You know, it's almost February, guys. The month has just been flying like i i am at this point in time where i have no idea what day it is what time it is what it is i'm supposed to be doing i feel like i've been constantly trying to catch up with you know the rest of the world um you know time kind of stood still in the south where i live you know with the whole taal volcano news i live pretty far from batangas but we still got a good amount of of ash fall so it was crazy I'm, i'm so looking forward to next month which of course is love month and I have a couple of really interesting topics lined up for the next couple of episodes to celebrate just that. But, you know, before we get into that, I was thinking about talking about something really important in all relationships, and that is setting boundaries. Alamo, when I was in high school, uso dati, I don't know kung ganun pa din ngayon, I haven't been in high school for a long time. Uso dati yung, yung mga magshota na sobrang clingy, alam mo yun, may parating nagtatampuhan, and just girls just really being super territorial with their boyfriends like it was a huge thing the guys were the same way you know there was always like some sort of awai over a girl or a guy or whatever like whoever is pinoparmahansi you know something or other and growing up that kind of became the norm um you know i kind of grew up being exposed well my first kind of dalliance into relationship and courting and that was that was kind of the norm you know like the word mamba bakwad comes to mind because that's what would like usually happen right like if a guy likes a certain girl binabakuran siya or like you know the you know so the other friends can't like try with the girl whatever and that was that was what I kind of grew up with. So when I had my first ever boyfriend, it was kind of the same thing as well. Um, although I didn't go through the whole clingy, masungit, whatever. When I had my first boyfriend, he was kind of territorial of me as well. Like I remember, even if it was summer, like super in it salabas, you know, I'd I'd want to go out in like shorts and like a sleeveless you know a sleeveless shirt and he would always make me put on a jacket like no matter how hot it was like we would go out and like I couldn't get out of the car unless I put a jacket on and it was so annoying and I think the even more annoying thing is that 
up until today, ginagawa ko pa din siya kahit wala na yung boyfriend ko na yun. I would still, it's still a habit of mine to like, if I would go out and, you know, I'm showing like my arms, I usually bring a jacket with me. I usually don't end up wearing it, but for some reason, komportable na sa akin yung bit-bit akong jacket, you know, just in case. How crazy is that? Right? So in a lot of romantic relationships, we often think of, you know, boundaries as being a bad thing or simply unnecessary. You know, our partner is supposed to anticipate our wants and our needs. And then, you know, there is that excuse of, you know, if we really love the person, isn't it part of being in a relationship really not having boundaries you know there came there was a time when a lot of people or a lot of my friends would you know believed the fact that if their you know boyfriend was like the celoso type that equal, that meant that they really loved them and i found that really weird because in my head like if you really loved somebody wouldn't you give them the freedom you know to do whatever it is that they wanted to do and then just trust that you know the relationship is um, strong enough to withstand a night out or a job interview right it, it was it was it was kind of crazy and you know we grow up thinking that all of this is normal and it's not just for romantic relationships you know parental relationships is another boundary that keeps getting crossed you know, I remember when I was I was in high school, a uh, freshman, sophomore in high school. Um, you know, I always kept some sort of a journal. And, you know, I discovered my mom would actually go into my room and read my journal. And she would make comments about what she read, like, you know, over dinner on the dining table, acting like it was totally okay and totally within her jurisdiction to invade my privacy because she gave birth to me. You know, the fact that anak lang ako, for some reason, gives parents, you know, the right to like rifle through our things in order to try to discover who we're becoming as human beings instead of having an actual conversation with us. And, you know, like growing up with incidents like this and feeling, you know, I knew that something wasn't quite right. But at the same time, because everybody was doing it, or because it was just, it was, it seemed so normal at the time. You know, I kind of just let it pass. You know, I figured, no, you know, it's okay. That's probably just how this thing goes. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we really don't have a manual to life, right? We really figure things out as we go along. And, you know, when I started my life coaching journey, I realized how much unknowing trauma um, was actually inflicted on me and you know the clients that I talked to because we aren't aware that our boundaries are being crossed you know like we we know and we feel that something isn't quite right and we don't really know what that is because we grew up thinking that this was all totally normal so, you know, when the boundary is clearly defined and respected, you don't have walls or fences, right? People can even cross the boundary occasionally, like when there's a mutual understanding. But having that boundary violated in order to do harm or to, to take advantage of someone, um, you know, this is where the, the, the trauma happens and people 
start getting their guards up and they don't understand why they start building walls around themselves and they don't understand why they feel so alienated and you know it takes a lot of digging really to figure out where um where these learned behaviors or belief systems come from and a lot of the time it's just lack of boundaries so a good example of boundaries and setting them is learning about consent right and a lot of times i realize even in my own romantic relationships i think i've only heard um a partner of mine ask for consent like there was just this one guy out of you know my exes and the people that I've dated, there has only been one guy that has actually asked for consent. And I didn't realize it at the time until I kind of went home and was kind of thinking, what just happened there? Like, like he was really he was really paying attention to me. Like he was asking me questions like, you know, like, may I kiss you? Do you want to make out? Or do you just want to cuddle? Is it okay if I touch you here? And that was so new to me. And that made me realize, you know, out of all the years that I've been dating, only one guy actually knows about asking for consent. Like, I just want that to sink in for a second because, you know, I think as women, like we buy into, you know, that Disney dream of, you know, having our Prince Charming come along and, you know, sweep us off of our feet and, you know, like plant that wet kiss. And then we see, you know, fireworks and then there's the happily ever after. But, you know, reality is a lot more complicated than that. Right. And like if some guy showed up, you know, while I was taking a nap to kind of want to kiss me, I mean, you know, I'd probably kick him in the nuts. But this is what I kind of want to get to with regard to consent is as women, we grew up or I don't want to say everybody, but as women, a lot of us grew up not knowing what consent looks like. You know, we just kind of allow guys into our space, you know, for them to, you know, kiss, hug, you know, and we only kind of speak up when we feel that our boundaries have already been violated. And I think that's a big problem and something that should really be taught. You know, it, it's in, in relationships, like either at home or at school. And it's something that isn't just, a, it isn't really addressed. Not even, you know, in the progressive Netflix series that we watch, right? Another form of boundaries is parental boundaries. So, you know, boundaries doesn't have to be romantic. I think working with a lot of Filipino clients, ang dami sa atin, um, Ang dami sa atin na walang boundaries pagdating sa mga anak natin. And we call that a parent's child fantasy. And it comes in very many forms. I have seen a lot of these growing up, like a lot of these like I can totally relate to. Um and I'll go I'll go through them one by one. And I'm pretty sure, you know, if you guys were raised in a Filipino household, like this this is normal for you which once we take a step back is kind of scary so parental boundary like number one it's deciding what a child will do as a career like the career was already pushed onto us so like if you if you came from a family of doctors then you were automatically a doctor right 
or if you came from a family of lawyers, engineers. Um, there are some parents, like I know of a friend, um, family friend, um, one of her sons is a doctor and the other is a lawyer because that that is the Filipino dream, right? Whether or not they're actually happy with you know that choice of career i really don't know what i do know is like they were really groomed for those careers at a very young age number two of a parent child fantasy is pushing a child into a sport or activity at a very young age without their awareness now i have a funny story around this because i have i have a younger brother he doesn't look younger than me but he like he was he was pretty tall for his age he's still pretty tall he stands at like six two six three but you know growing up he was pretty tall for his age and everybody was saying how oh my god he should be a basketball player when he grows up because you know he has the height for it and what my mom did was you know put him into a milo clinic had him do drills you know like funny thing is like my brother although he enjoys basketball that really isn't his passion his passion is really music but you know because everybody was like telling my mom about how you know uy ang tangkad naman ng anak mo sayang naman height niyan gawin mong basketball player yan you know he was kind of forced into a corner um, to play basketball even though he was more a musician than he was an athlete so yeah, how many of you guys could relate to that? <laughs> um, number three is having conversations in childhood about the kind of person they want to marry. Like, I don't know about you, but growing up, oh my God, like this, um, I had two schools of thought, thankfully, in my, in my home. One was the school of thought of my mom which was if I were to ever date or marry anyone, it had to be in one of three categories, either artista, millionario, or anak ng general. Number three took, took a while for me to understand bakit talagang anak ng general until I kind of saw, okay, so between the government contracts and all the other funny stuff, they're pretty rich. <laughs> um, my dad, on the other hand, um, taught me that if I wanted to, you know, get anywhere in life or to have nice things, then that I had to work my butt off to get it. Because if I ever relied on a man to do it for me, so thankfully I listened more to my dad than I did my mom. <laughs> Otherwise I probably wouldn't be in the situation I am in right now. <laughs> Um, number four, this is, I have a lot of Chinese, Filipino Chinese friends who talk to me about this constantly. And it is that parent's child fantasy of pushing a child onto the family business. You know, like we get it. Like it's, it, it, there's a legacy there that needs to be upheld. You know, like your parents didn't work their butts off you know, for somebody else to take over the business. But I think where the parental boundaries get kind of crossed is when, you know, it's usually the 
the the ahia or like the the eldest son or the eldest daughter that has to you know is forced to basically take on the business and they're usually groomed um you know at a very young age and you know seeing a lot of you know the very successful you know filipino chinese the clan businesses they're groomed to a point wherein you know like the cousins all grow up together and you know they're very tight-knit um, they're put in the same schools, um, you know, so they all like the same things, forced to grow up together in order with the sole kind of purpose of running the family business afterwards. And, you know, while while it's actually, I find it rather commendable that, you know, parents really think ahead like that far in terms of the next generation. Um, you know, I think that there's, there also should be some wiggle room for the kids to really discover their life purpose and discover if it's something that they really want to do or do they have another calling number five is a very sensitive topic i found with a lot of filipino parents and that is rejecting a a child's sexuality because it doesn't go along with the ideal life you know i've had a couple of difficult conversations um, with Filipino parents, especially um, with Filipino fathers, about you know how how they want to raise their child. Um, especially, I actually find the term bakla like really hurtful. I remember my dad like we're three in the we're we're three siblings in the family. Um, so there's me, there is my young, the youngest, my youngest sibling. And then the middle child is also a guy, but he was, when growing up, he was, he was always up and about, you know, bouncing off the walls. And, you know, there was, there was a very soft feminine side to him. And I remember growing up, you know, my dad would say, you know, walang bakla sa pamilya natin. Pag yan, lumaki na bakla, par ilalambitin niya raw patiwarik galing daw sa electric fan. And I was like, growing up, I, w- I just found it kind of funny, you know, that, huh, that, that's a funny image. Like, you know, seeing my brother um, being hogtied to, to the electric fan. But, you know, as I grew up, you know, I realized that re- there really is um, still a lot of homophobia that's happening, you know, with, with the culture, this culture of machismo that really needs to be addressed. Um, you know, this just really, you know, leads to poor child to a lot of resentment, a lot of trauma growing up. And, you know, that, that shows up as, you know, different, you know, really limiting belief systems for them as well. Um, I have another friend who is actually intersex. So unlike um, you know, transsexuals, they were, I think, born with either an extra, like an extra gene or kulang ng isang gene. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not the expert on that, but yes, intersex. So, um, you know, my friend grew up really confused. Um, you know, she identified as female, but her dad brought her up as male and you know she was labeled all sorts of things from you know like bakla tomboy all that nonsense until she had to get an operation um and discover that hey she's just intersex and this was just something that she needed to deal with and it really took years and years and years of relearning to love herself 
you know, and learning to listen to herself instead of letting her family's opinions of her up until this day affect her. Moving on to number six, it's being a quote unquote stage mom or stage dad or placing heavy pressure on the child to become what the parent did not. Um, I think there are, there are a lot of parents that are guilty of this, but I know that it comes from good intent, right? A lot of parents who wanted to become doctors, but you know, weren't able to fulfill that desire um, and now have, let's say, the cash to fund their child's education, um, you know, they try to live vicariously through their children and have them pursue that, you know, dream career or that dream title. Um, and, you know, it really isn't healthy. Um, a lot of the times um, I notice when working with, you know, a lot of parents here, a lot of children is, you know, it's lovely that we have such a tight knit family. You know, we are a very tight knit family unit. But at the same time, I think the flip side, though, is, you know, we 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 start not being able to discern our desires from the desires of our parents, either in an effort to please them or because of, you know, the utang na loob or, you know, that guilt for, you know, them making the sacrifices to raise us. And it's 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 just it really is unhealthy. A lot of times down the line, you know, I get clients who are in their 40s and are really depressed with her job. You know, like they're doing a they're doing a fantastic job with whatever it is that, you know, the career that they chose. But it wasn't true choice. And, you know, they feel like they're going through some sort of midlife crisis. But really, all it was is just them realizing that, you know, it really wasn't their choice to pursue whatever it was that, you know, put them in a comfortable position. And, you know, that's a lot of stuff to kind of dig through and really, you know, find themselves because, you know, their parents have put in so much of their wants and needs into the child that the child kind of forgets who he or she is. And the last one is rejecting the child's authentic passions in favor of public perception. If you are a creative and Filipino, it is very rare (laughs) that you will find parents that would actually support your choice. Um, I know this for a fact because, you know, between me and my siblings, my my mom wanted to do, wanted me to go in a completely different route, um, which I did end up doing. It usually comes out when you're applying for a certain university or college and, you know, you try, you're picking your course, right? I remember, like, I, I really, really, really wanted to pursue music music at um, either UST or or UP at the time and I distinctly remember my mom really dissuading me from from going that route because uh, well number one it was a five-year course (laughs) and um, number two she didn't feel that there was any money in music Um, so I ended up taking a business course that I was just really really miserable with and then 
my brother, the one that kind of came after me, he is like really, really good at drawing. Like, you know, like he would, he would, he was great with like copying like anime and also, and just, just really amazing at painting and drawing. And he wanted to take fine arts, but my mom had a different route for him and wanted him to do nursing because that was where the money was apparently. And now he he isn't a nurse. He works as a flight attendant. <laughs> and lastly, you know, the, the Bunso, you know, he actually loves to cook. Like he's a great musician. He also cooks really, really well. And, you know, he wanted to take up culinary arts at the time. And once again, my mom was like, no, like that's too expensive. Why don't you go into like a maritime course instead? Because like our father was a master mariner and you know he was miserable as well for the time that he was in the college. And right now he has his own food business, right? Crazy. You know, like this parent child fantasy leads to a lot of resentment, you know, escape through various forms of addiction and layers and layers and layers of self-betrayal. And it usually stems from parents who haven't resolved their own traumas. So if you're a parent and you are listening to me now, just know that this cycle can really stop with you. And it comes in the form of just being aware you know, whenever you do this to your children, you know, it's so ingrained, right? It's so ingrained in the Filipino parent psyche because this is how we were raised and we just can't help but parrot the same thing to our children. But having that self-awareness is that first step to creating and setting healthy boundaries. You know, in romantic relationships, you need to know what you like and dislike, what you're comfortable with versus what scares you and you know how you want to be treated in given situations and you know what it's the same for um parents as well and how they treat their children you know be clear about your needs you know and after you kind of know what your needs are tell your partner or if you know as a parent that this was something that made you comfortable growing up then just don't do it right Another part to setting healthy boundaries is just being specific and direct. With a romantic partner, it could sound something like, I want to hear about your day, but I'm also really busy. Can I get back to you in 10 minutes so I can give you my full undivided attention? Or as a parent, it can sound like, you know, I really love you, but I am not willing to call in sick for you you know, just because you're afraid of taking a test today. Um, another way to kind of set boundaries as well is to use what we call the sandwich approach. You know, this consists of, um, you know, a compliment, feedback, and then another compliment. So, you know, you start off with a compliment um, that prevents your partner or your child from getting defensive and this helps you kind of prime them for whatever feedback it is that you wanted to give them so they feel connected and comfortable enough to take it. And then, of course, close it with a compliment. So, for example, with a romantic, uh, sorry. So, for example, with a romantic partner, um, this can sound like I, I really, really love, um, you know, how 
you know, you really make time for me and I love how attentive you are and wanting to listen, um, you know, about what happened during the day. But, you know, usually after work, like I really want to unwind with a little bit of quiet time so I can kind of ground myself and just get back to my happy place um, before I let other people in. Um, But I really, really appreciate the effort that you put into this relationship right so that's the sandwich approach um so i hope that you guys have enjoyed this short little ramble about boundaries why they're important and you know why you should really have consent a key takeaway is just really learning where your boundaries are in all your relationships not just romantic where does it begin to feel uncomfortable you know in with your partner whether you're with your child whether you're with your coworker you know start calling people out who cross it and use the techniques that i mentioned you know to get you that head start in terms of laying out your boundaries and you know, knowing when it's okay for certain people to cross and, you know, who you really shouldn't be allowing into your space if they continue on with their bad behavior. Well, that's it for this episode. You can like and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at coachinghappiness.ph. Book a coaching session via Skype or Centro Holistico if you're in Metro Manila or join my masterclass series on manifesting on my website at www.coachinghappiness.ph. Thank you for listening. Let's create a better world, one Filipino at a time. Bye, guys.